welcome to the Just Three Things podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte Hall, speech therapist and founder of Speech Therapy with Charlotte. This podcast is for parents who are waiting for speech therapy for their child. I am on a mission to help parents use this time productively and guide them on a journey where they transform from feeling worried, frustrated and overwhelmed to feeling supported, positive and empowered. Whether you're waiting for your first appointment or a follow-up one, this podcast is for you. In each episode, I'll take a question from a parent or carer and guide them on next steps, giving just three things to focus on next to help reduce that overwhelm. While my podcast focuses on helping children who are aged under seven, you might find some of the information useful for older children too. Now, let's get started. general advice given in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for additional professional advice given as part of individualized and tailored speech and language therapy care. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Just Three Things podcast. It's great to have you here. I'm so pleased that you're still listening. If you haven't listened to the other episodes already, please do go back and listen to those ones. Each week I'll be taking a question from different parents and today I have a question that's just such a frequently asked question. I haven't said that it's from any particular parent because I just feel like I've had it hundreds of times. And yeah, thanks for sticking with me because I know that this is a question that you really wanted to know the answer to. And I just kind of wanted to cover some of the other really important things that sometimes get missed first. So thank you for bearing with me. You'll be pleased to hear that today we're going to start on what parents can be doing at home to support their children's speech and language development. And the great news is that there is so much that parents can be doing at home. There's so much research to show that parents actually are the number one people that can support children's speech and language development. And I always just want to caveat that with, I think sometimes when I say that stat, parents then take on this kind of guilt or blame game of thinking oh I've somehow done something to cause this and I just want to reassure you that most of the children who have speech and language differences it's absolutely not down to the parents and anything that the parents have done um, but you are uniquely placed to make a difference and that is amazing so you can really take ownership of making a difference to your child and I'm going to start you on that journey today would like to just put a bit of a disclaimer in that there are so many things that parents can do to support children's speech and language development that it's difficult for me to pick just three things. So I'm going to pick just three things for today's episode and then I'll be picking many more things in future episodes. So definitely not going to be telling you everything today but I'm going to give you some pointers for where to get started. In the future episodes, I've got questions that are more specific to children having differences or needing support at different areas of the communication pyramid. So if you're not sure what I'm talking about there, go back to episode one where I talk about the communication pyramid and that will give you more information. But for example, I've had people who have asked more specific questions about how they can support their child's listening skills or how they can support their child's understanding or vocabulary development. So I'll go through and give some ideas of specific activities in future episodes. 
But for today, I'm going to give you some things that you can do that will support your child in all areas of the pyramid. So whether or not you're concerned or you think your child needs extra support with social interaction or attention and engagement or understanding or expressive communication or even speech sounds and fluency, I would recommend that you start here. And the first thing of my three things that I recommend is to try and carve out some one-on-one -on -one time with your child. So this one's always a bit of a divisive topic. I feel um, that parents either say to me, we have one-to-one -one time all the time, what you're talking about, this isn't a new thing for us, or parents say, I can't possibly think of a way that I can create one-to-one -one time with my child because of all this other stuff that's going on, um, because I have other kids. And I am a parent, I have just two kids, and I find it difficult to carve out one-on-one -on -one time with them. But I do, and the reason I do is because I think it is really, really important. So by one-on-one -on -one time, I mean you as the parent or carer, and them. No other adults, no other children, just you and them. And here's why. When you're with your child one-on-one, -on -one, it allows you to properly, properly observe what they're doing, what they're interested in, what they're trying to tell you, including their non-verbal communication. And it allows you to properly, properly be responsive to that. I'm going to say that again. When you're with them one-on-one, -on -one, you are able to properly observe them what they're doing, what they're interested in, and what they're trying to tell you. And you are able to properly respond to them. And with the best will in the world, if there is another adult or another child there, or in fact, any other distractions. So when you're doing this one-on-one -on -one time, please remove other distractions like your phone, the TV, the radio, anything that you or your child might be distracted by. Um, if anyone else is there, any other distractions are there, you're not going to be able to properly observe and properly respond. So that is the first step. One-on-one -on -one time with your child. Ideally, this would happen every day. It doesn't need to be a long time. A five to 10 minutes of good quality one-on-one -on -one time is really, really great. Um, but life happens. <laughs> so don't worry if you can't do every single day. I would say three to four times a week would still be amazing if you can fit that in. And for some people, this really takes a bit of scheduling. You know, you've got to look through your diary and work out when it is that's going to happen. Good times that have worked for other people are if you have a younger child who's napping, Sometimes you can carve out some one-to-one -one time then. If you have an older child who goes to school, sometimes you can get to one some one-to-one -one time then. Um, also try and pick it at a good time of day where you and your child aren't particularly tired and cranky. So sometimes early in the morning can be good. If you can't find, like, like I think I said one-to-one -one play time, if you can't find that, actually having one-to-one -one time over a daily routine can still be really useful. So perhaps there's a snack time or a meal time, or a bath time, or story time, or a time when your child is getting dressed, where you can engineer it again, 
So it's just you and them and you can still observe them and be responsive to them. That would be really helpful as well. And sometimes that's a little bit easier to schedule in. So that's the first step, one-to-one -one time. And the whole point of all of this really is to establish a connection with your child. So when you're properly connected with your child, you're helping them feel safe and secure. And when kids feel safe and secure, they are ready for learning and ready for growing and ready for developing. So really that's the whole point of this episode. Of course, we want to support their communication development, but communication starts with connection. And the point of connection is to feel safe and secure and happy. Happy also be great if you both felt happy whilst you're having this one-to-one -one time together. So that is step number one. Step number two, when you've got this one-to-one -one time, I want you to try and let them take the lead in what you're gonna do together. So if you're choosing to do this in a routine, it can be a little bit more tricky. For example, if they're getting dressed, we tend to take the lead on that as adults. We, we've got something that needs to be achieved and we have an end goal in mind. But if you can let them take the lead and see what they're gonna do with the clothes, maybe you can lay out the clothes and see which order they're gonna put them on. And perhaps if it's a bath time, you can just be letting them take the lead in the bath toys that they're playing with and how they're playing with them. So the key thing here is that we want to try and take a step back from being the director. And as adults, we often do this because we think that things should be achieved in a particular way or a particular order. But when children are feeling like they're in charge, they're much more likely to, one, stay in the interaction for longer, two, feel safe and secure, and three, just experiment with things a bit more. So taking the lead is really important for children, particularly thinking about their speech and language development. So if you are having a one-to-one playtime, Think about letting them take the lead on what the activity is going to be. And that could be playing with toys, but it could be jumping. It could be running. It could be tickles. Whatever they're showing you that they want to do, that's great. And just see, yeah, see where they go with that. As adults, again, we often have in our minds that activities or toys should be played with in a particular way. And often we're trying to teach the kids how to do. And there is a time and a place for some of that. But in this one-on-one -on -one time, I want you to let your child choose what they're doing and how they're doing it. And I just want you to try and join in and play with that in the way that they want to play. So just to give you another example, you may have some pots and pans out toy kitchen and the child is banging the pots and pans together like musical instruments. Try and join in and play with that. As long as what they're doing is safe, try and join in and play in the same way as them and see how they respond to you. So the first thing we've got is to set aside some one-on-one -on -one time. The second thing that we've got is that you're gonna let them take the lead on what you're doing together. And then the third thing, which is a bit more sophisticated, is to try and aim for a to and fro interaction. So what I mean by that is for you to do or say something, and that let them do or say something in return. And then you take a turn again. So imagine a game of tennis. 
either you or your child is serving the ball. Ideally, your child is serving because they're the ones taking the lead. So you're going to lean in and wait for them to do or say something to you. And then you're going to respond to them. And then you're going to let them do or say something again. When we have young children or children who have a speech and language difficulty and they're not talking so much, we as adults tend to try and fill the silence. We fill the gaps by doing all the talking. But we need to allow enough time for our children to respond, process what we've said, think about how they want to respond to you. That all takes time. So we tend to jump in too quickly and not really give our children enough time. So what, what I want you to practice is finding a balance between, of course, saying or doing something to them so that you're showing them that you're interested, perhaps modeling a few words so that you're supporting vocabulary development. But when you've done that, also allowing them time to respond to you. And the best way that you can do that is really just by pausing and waiting. Um, of course, you know, lean in, look at them, use your nonverbals to show them that you're still in this interaction, that you haven't got bored and you're not wandering off and going somewhere else, but you're leaning in and you're doing what we call expectant waiting. So you're looking at them and waiting for them to do something to you. Be realistic about what it is that you're expecting them to do when they're taking a turn in this interaction. If they don't really talk, then they're not going to start talking in this interaction, but they might try and communicate with you by looking at you or smiling at you or handing a toy to you. Uh, and that's their turn. And then you take your opportunity to respond, perhaps by naming the toy that they've given you or just saying something like, oh, thank you. And then you wait for them to take another turn. And here you're basically teaching them about early conversations that they are about taking turns and having a to and fro. Um, but you're also showing them that they're a really important person in this two-way interaction. It's not all about you doing the talking and them doing the listening. They are an active participant in this interaction. And if they are able to enjoy that kind of interaction, they're going to want to take part in interactions like this more often. And the more they take part in these interactions, the more they're going to practice their communication skills. And that is so important because practice makes progress. Practice makes progress. The more your child and you interact in these one-on-one -on -one interaction times where you are properly observing them and responding appropriately, the more they're going to practice their communication skills and practice makes progress. So there's a few things in there. I feel like there's quite a lot to digest. Please do go back and listen to the episode again if you want to take it all in, or please reach out to me, DM me on Instagram, Facebook at Speech Therapy with Charlotte, or you can email me, charlotte at speechtherapywithcharlotte.com to ask any questions that you may have. In the meantime, just a recap of the three things from today. Number one, set up a one-to-one -one time with your child. Number two, let them take the lead. Let them direct the way that the play or the interaction is going to go. And number three, try and think about it being to and fro, give and take, a tennis match where you're doing something, they're doing something, you're doing something, they're doing something. And let me know how you get on. Thanks for listening. share it with somebody else who might benefit. 
head over to my website, speechtherapywithcharlotte.com, to subscribe to my mailing list so that you are kept up to date with everything I have to offer. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.